have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Hey, this is Yuck Yuck the Clown, and you're listening to the I Know You Hear Me podcast with my good buddy, Flynn Hendricks. Alright everybody, welcome back to another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast. As we get into this, we're getting closer and closer to having a physical studio built, and I can't wait to show you guys the final result as everything is coming together here. And hopefully in the future too, that's going to give me a chance to have more local guests like our one here today actually in studio so that we can have that conversation face to face. But before we get into our conversation today... I want to first off thank everybody again for tuning in. It's crazy to believe that we're getting further and further into season two now and you guys keep tuning in. So I'm forever grateful for that. And I want to thank our sponsors for keeping us going as well. And I also want to thank you guys for following us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So if you're not following us on all those yet, why not? That's how you keep up with who the guests are. That's how you get caught up on past guests. That's how you get connected with us. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. That's how we make this connection keep going. And on top of that, too, we're also on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. If you haven't liked and subscribed on any of those, again, what are you waiting for? That is where you get caught up on all of the awesome guests we had in Season 1. That's where you're going to be connected to see all these awesome guests that we have in Season 2 going forward. All those likes and subscriptions help keep this show afloat. And on Apple, especially if you'll leave us a five-star review and if you tell us what you like, that helps out gratefully. And on top of that, too, we are also looking for more sponsors and advertisements here on the show. So if you have a product or service that you want to get out to a worldwide audience, feel free to message me. I'll have my information in the show notes. We'd love to share your product on the show. But now that we got all that out of the way... All right, we're going to take a quick pause for a word from the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down, where twice a month we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge. I went to watch it the other night, and she's like, why are you watching it? You can quote this movie line for line. That's very accurate. My co-host, Mark. Don't ask me to to do a stomp down on this, because it's zero. (laughs) Okay, dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It's just, I'm like, wait a minute. They tricked me into watching this. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I felt like. As we give you the history, our review, and the stomp down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And we're back. Now comes the fun part. My guest today is somebody that 
man, I, it's crazy to say, and it makes me feel old to say that I've known her for almost 20 years now. This goes all the way back to high school in the early 2000s. She has gone on to become my tattoo artist, and she is probably the best one that I could recommend to anybody in Middle Tennessee that needs it. Or if you're willing to drive to Middle Tennessee, you have to go check her out. She's done both of my calves. She's done my forearm, my left arm. There's a lot more that it seems like every time I try to plan with her, life happens and something throws a wrench in it, but we're going to make it happen here soon. Seriously, she is one of the best artists that I could ever recommend. She has branched out and started her own tattoo shop, and that's something that we're going to talk a lot about here today. It is my pleasure to have on the show today, Kelsey Overby. Kelsey, how are you? Hi, I'm doing so good. Thank you for having me on here. Oh, of course. And again, too, like just you know, mentioning like how you branched out and started your own tattoo shop, that's one of the main reasons that I wanted to talk to you on this show, because... You are like several other of my friends that are like just 100% go-getters that have taken these bets and these chances on yourself and opened up your own business. And that's, I can't say enough how much I respect that and admire that drive. So I'm just grateful you have the time to be on here today. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely excited to be here and uh, talk about all of that with you. And I feel like you're kind of the same way as well. I know that you got your your personal trainer's license. Is that right? Yep, a a few years back. That personal trainer thing, I got to, even with kids, I got to get back in better shape on that one. So <laughs> maybe you'll, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's going to light the fire under me for some motivation. But I mean, absolutely. And it's like, I feel like people with that kind of mentality tend to gravitate towards each other. And I know like, mm-hmm. you know, in high school, like I mentioned, which that makes me feel super old now, but you know, we were in band together. So it seems like that was your life at that one point. You always were doing something. You just... That was your life for like that fall season and then concert season started. Mm -hmm. But like after I graduated, we lost touch for a little bit. But, you know, I just remember in high school, you know, like I don't think I remember you having any piercings or anything. I just remember you uh, playing saxophone and then we get reconnected and it's like you've got tattoos, you've got piercings. I think you even had a Harley, too. So it's like, wow, what have I missed? And then it's like, well, I do need a tattoo artist, so why not go to somebody I know? And it's just like, wow, I didn't know like all this was in there. So like, what really piqued your interest with tattoos and piercings and everything? I I knew that I always wanted to do a job where it didn't feel like I was going to work. Yes, absolutely. That had a lot of freedom. Um, And I remember when I was maybe like 11 or 12, um, we were visiting a family friend on vacation Mm -hmm. and he had tattoo and I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Oh, absolutely. That started my interest in it. I think with tattooing, um, piercing just kind of like came along with it. I I did try my hand at piercing once I started tattooing as well, but I felt like I wasn't very good at it. It's very technical. Oh yeah. Um, Definitely more on like the artistic side for me. Um, I like having piercings, but absolutely more into the arch for sure. Right. Which it's, it's so weird to say, but I actually, I started out with a piercing and I think before it was all said and done, I had about eight of them. I don't have any more in right now because you know, corporate America and then kids grabbing at you, it makes it hard to have all that. But you know, I had that, (laughs) I got the first tattoo and it was one of those, I thought it was going to be a one and done thing, but it becomes very addicting and you find things that like, you just, you want to get more, like, was it the same way for you after you got your first one? Oh, yeah, and actually, I didn't start getting tattooed until I was probably, like, 19, um, and I think that was just, like, a money thing. I knew I wanted right. tattoos, 
they're expensive. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, they are. If you want a quality one, they're expensive. Yeah. Um, so I started getting tattooed when I was 19. Um, and I just never stopped. And uh, I definitely got more interested in it. And when I was 21, I started my apprenticeship. Oh, nice. Almost 10 years ago. <laughs> so how did you how did you go about like starting the apprenticeship? Because I wouldn't even know how you would start in that. Yeah, so it definitely took a lot of research. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually in college, and I, I went to MTSU. I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life. Right. I started out as an English major, and Same then here. as a psychology major. Eventually, I was like, I don't want any of this. I want to do art. So I started going to school for art. And at the time, it was a lot of like computer graphics and that kind of stuff. I wasn't into that at all. I wanted to actually do the art. Yeah. Um, dropped out and I was like, I know what I want to do. I want a tattoo. I had always wanted a tattoo, but I felt like I wouldn't be good at it. And I don't know what happened. Something inside me was like, I can't, I can't do anything else. I have to do this. Right. So I looked into it and I found out how to get an apprenticeship. You have to, um, put together a portfolio of your artwork and just basically take it around anywhere you can um, and see if somebody will take a chance on you. And that's what I did. Nice. So when you started doing all this and like you mentioned, you know, dropping out of college and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, like that's what you want to do, you know, for sure that's it. How is your family like, are they supportive with all that? Are they kind of trying to talk you back into getting the education? What was all that like? So my mom was definitely apprehensive because mm -hmm. She knew that when I dropped out, I would lose my scholarship. Right. Fact, but if I decided to go back to college, I wouldn't have that scholarship. So I kind of made a deal with her. I was like, I'm, I had a job at the time, too. So yeah. said, you have to find an apprenticeship in the time that a semester would be. I think, what's that, like three or four months? Yep. A semester of college. Um, find an apprenticeship or start paying me rent. <laughs> So I found an apprenticeship. It took a couple months, but I just went around to every shop I could until I got one. Nice. And then yep. did you have like, because obviously, like you know, like there are certain tattoo shops that are, I don't want to say this in a negative way, but like, you know, which ones are like the quality ones compared to which ones like a, just a pop up or a hole in the wall type of thing. <laughs> did you have a list of the ones that like you'd been to or you knew somebody at that you wanted to try an apprentice at? Or what was that like? So I had been getting tattooed by uh, Marty mm -hmm. at Black 13 at the time. Okay. I talked to him about this a little bit and he said, I, I wanted to apprentice there, but they weren't, they never took apprentices. Gotcha. Um, and he told me to just get an apprenticeship with whoever. It didn't really matter who, as long as I got that year in, I could get signed off on, I could get licensed and then I could move to another shop if I wanted to. Um, and where I did apprentice at, it wasn't the greatest place, but it, that's all I really needed was somebody to sign off on me. Right. Now I know that I should have maybe tried a little bit harder to find a better place. I gotcha. Yeah. Hindsight, <laughs> you know, always makes it 2020, you know, at some point. But once you uh, once you did get the apprenticeship, once you got somebody to sign off on you, what was it like finding that first tattoo shop to work for? Was it always... Yeah. At the one you were at in Donaldson, were we were we reconnected or? Um, so I did start at that shop that I purchased at, which was in Rivergate. It's not there anymore, obviously. It was right, right. One of the holes. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and then I moved on. I quit there. I was like, I can't be here anymore. It's terrible. 
I quit there and I moved on to another shop that was off of Owensville Road. I was only there for a couple months until one of my friends had told me like, oh, this lady over here is looking for somebody new. So I went and talked to her mm-hmm. and we really connected and she became like my true mentor. Her name's Karen Kane. Um, she owns Titan Tattoo and Donaldson. Yes. And I was there years before I opened my own shop. Absolutely. And I know they moved around a couple times there and I actually became familiar with them because they, this was like 2013, I believe. They did a tattoo for my old roommate on his calf, but I think it was shortly after that that you started working there. Okay. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. I think I started there in 2014. Yep, because I know a little bit after that is when I came and got my uh, my forearm done by you, and then it just kind of <laughs> progressed from there. But once you started working there, um, what was it like being in that new environment with, like like you said, somebody who became your true mentor? What was that working environment like for you? I felt like it was definitely much more professional. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know if that, I don't want to say it's just because it was owned by, it is owned by a woman, but just the type of woman that she is, she is so professional and like so nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. And she can come up a little bit scary at first if you don't know her. Right, right. A little intimidated at first, but then I got to know her a lot better. And she is just like one of the truest, kindest people that I I now call my friend. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's, it's so funny too, like how you, like what you just said, like, you know, you could come off kind of scary or intimidating at first, but I think a lot of people still, even in 2022 now, when this is coming out, people see people with tattoos and piercings and, you know, it's automatically like the red flags still grow up, especially people from like the older generations, but you actually stop and talk to those people. They're some of the nicest, coolest, most laid back people you'll ever meet. Like, do you still encounter any of that in your everyday life? Because I mean, like just looking at you right now, like you got the gauges, you've got your septum pierced, the hand tattoos, like all stuff I'm hella jealous of because I can't have, but you know, it's like, do you still feel like you encounter any of that in your everyday life? Um, not really, actually, definitely not in the last few years, maybe before that it was a little, little bit of that, but I, even recently I got my face tattooed. Um, and I was really worried about people treating me different. Right. Right. as I, as I see it now, I see it. But for a second, I thought that was your hair or the way the sh- the light was hitting it. Man, yeah. I, I okay, dumb question because I've, you know, obviously I've had these tattoos. But what is it like getting that tattoo? Like, how do you not flinch during that? Um, I've become very good at sitting still. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's really not too bad. Nice. And then I think you've posted videos too where you've actually tattooed yourself, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I think every tattoo artist should tattoo themselves every now and then. Oh, man. How do you like how do you do that? Like, I, I again, I just like I can't find the connect in my mind. I guess that's because I've never done it. But like, how do you how do you maintain that? Like, how do you just discipline yourself to hold that down there? You know, it really just after a certain point, you kind of learn to focus through the pain. Yep. I can't do it every time. You know, sometimes I'm just right. like, okay, this I gotta stop. I think I've like trained myself to kind of realize that the pain is just in your mind. Yes. You you can can breathe through it and it's not going to last forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as you were saying, you know, like you started working, you know, at Titan Inc. That's where we became familiar again. You started doing my tattoos and everything. And then within the last year or so, you have uh, branched off and opened your own tattoo shop. What? 
what led you to making that decision? And then what was it like getting everything up and running from the ground level? So I think I had always known that I wanted to be my own boss this Right, week. right. Myself, create this this for myself and for possibly my children in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to have this like retirement plan and like this for myself and my family. So I always knew that I wanted to have my own business. And I did take a while to get there, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Because right. you need to be around people who are more experienced than you for a while before mm-hmm. you find how to do these things for yourself and be by yourself. Absolutely. Um, that was definitely helpful. Also, uh, my mentor, Karen, she taught me a lot about like having my own business and like what, what you need to do to get there. So it's definitely very helpful having her around. So when you uh, when you finally make the decision to do it, what was it like? Like, what was your how did you stay sane during all that, I guess, is the best way to put it, because, you know, you have to find the right location. You have to get the equipment. And I'm probably leaving a lot of stuff out because I don't know everything that goes into it. But, you know, what what all did you have to do? And then how did you manage all that on your own? I mean, that's impressive in itself right there. Be honest, I didn't manage it on my own. <laughs> I had a lot of help. Um, my family and my friends have been great and have offered me their help in their free time. Oh, that's um, awesome. My mom was a huge help to me, actually, because I had to, she's retired. And I had to like yep. go to work sometimes, like at the shop in Donaldson, and she'd be at my place, like painting and installing oh, nice. stuff and doing whatever. Nice. Um, I think the, um, the worst part about it was like waiting for, health department or for metro and code yeah. codes and all of that because they don't um, they move on their own terms and that's a frustrating thing in itself <laughs> definitely oh, <laughs> so when you're getting all that done um you're, you're engaged in everything as well what was your mm-hmm. fiance's like was he supportive of everything from the get-go did he have any trepidation mm-hmm. or was he just if you're in for it i'm i'm 100 behind you no he's always had my back since day one that's awesome um, yeah he's He's been great. He's helped whenever he could to um, between work and, you know, taking care of our dogs and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as you started opening the shop and everything, and which it seems like, especially in Nashville, like it seems like there's a new tattoo shop or a tattoo shop just about around every corner. Did you ever worry about like market saturation as far as that went? Because obviously the work you do is quality, but how was it promoting the shop opening and everything? Were you, was it a lot of word of mouth from previous clients or what was that like? So I knew that just be me by myself. Um, I knew that I had like a, a lot of clients who were very supportive of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I wasn't really worried about that. I knew that um, most of my clients would be able to follow me because I didn't really move that far. Right. I'm just instead of Donaldson. Yep. Um, and as far as like, market saturation i know there's a ton of tattoo shops out there but nashville is growing so rapidly still i feel like we're never gonna run out of people to tattoo that's it (laughs) yeah i mean it's endless right now and it's almost one of those like i don't know if the bottom's ever gonna you know fall out but i mean it's like literally new people every day so you're right it's almost like an unlimited market i feel like every single person i tattoo is like oh i just moved here from california or from michigan 
there's tons of people here. Yeah, the homegrown natives are becoming like a rare thing every night. Because if I tell somebody I was born and raised here, they yeah, look at me like I've got a, you know, like I've got tentacles sprouting out of my head or something. Like, that's not normal, but. You've lived your whole life. Yeah. Like, how? Why? I don't know. I just did. But I hear a dog barking in the background. I guess he didn't like that answer either. But, um,. <laughs> As you, you know, as you started doing that, as the shop is opened and you've brought on new, uh, you brought on staff, correct? Like you have more artists in the shop as well. Yes, I have um, two artists, and I also have my apprentice. So we got four there right now, um, nice. and we're full up with that. We only got four boots. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. So, what was your process like for looking for, you know, new tattoo artists, and then also taking on the apprentice? Like, what was it like vet that? I guess the vetting process, and then also, how are you juggling all that on your plate while having The Apprentice, too? So, finding uh, new people, or finding people I wanted to work with, I definitely had to, like, meet them, of course. Absolutely. Um, I, did, I did reach out to, like, a couple people that I already knew, I already knew of their work, but a lot of the times, people are happy where they are, and they don't want to move to a new place that's yep. brand new, and not going to have a lot of walk-ins. Absolutely. Um, so, I met Caitlin through a mutual friend and she um she was working for herself so she had not been um in a shop really before Mm -hmm. and I was like you know what you you do good work for being self-taught I'll take you on um and we're gonna work together and I'll like help you I I knew that I would be able to help somebody like that absolutely Um, a lot of potential she has grown so much even in the last few months nice she just like takes in information. She soaks it in. She likes it's all perfect tattoos. I love it. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Blake, Blake was her tattoo artist, and I knew that. She told me that he wasn't super happy where he was, and I loved his work. So I was like, Come "Work with me." We'll, right. We'll right. Do <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, having an apprentice on top of that, I, I think that was the hardest part: is teaching somebody new who's never been in the industry before. He doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That has been a challenge for sure, but one that I really love. I always awesome. knew that I wanted to teach somebody. That is awesome. And do you feel <laughs> like having the hindsight of your mentorship and then like you said, you know, like wishing you would have put a little bit more um, you know, more insight into what you were actually getting into with the person you mentored with, do you feel like it's easier to teach based off what you wish you would have known back then compared to what you know now type of thing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I knew what I wanted to teach somebody. Right. Um, I knew that I had a lot to offer to teach somebody. My whole thing about apprenticeships too, a lot of people will charge a lot of money for apprenticeships mm-hmm. and then they'll just do back to back and back and like they'll just spit out apprentices. Yep. I didn't want to be like that. I didn't charge. I didn't want to charge for apprenticeship. I wanted to have somebody I connected with and right. be able to teach and grow with them. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's more of a quality over quantity thing because- <laughs> You know, to somebody, it may look impressive that you've you've knocked out like six apprentices or whatever it may be. But if they're not doing quality work, but you've got somebody over here that has one apprentice that has put out a bunch of quality work. I mean, I think that it's all in the perspective, but I'd rather have the quality over quantity, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Of course, it's not about the money for me. Right. Um, a lot of people like that, they just want the apprentices to like make money for them, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Looking at it for the wrong reasons, basically, which I mean, we all need money. We all have financial needs, but in the long term, in the grand scheme of things, you've got to look at it for more than just that. Yeah, definitely. So 
One big thing, especially we all know what's been going on over the last couple years with COVID and the pandemic and everything. You know, the last time you and uh, you and I met for a session, we were the only ones in the shop. But mm-hmm. like with the pandemic going on, I know at Titan at one point they were closed down for a little bit just due to safety measures and everything. What mm-hmm. was it like transitioning from what was considered normal back in like 2019, early 2020 going into the pandemic and then also, you know, like starting your own, starting your own shop during the pandemic. How were all those transitions and changes for you? So I believe it was in March of what was that? 2020. 2020. Yes. About two years ago now. So we were shut down for, I think it was our two months. Yep. Being in the County um, really affected us, affected us because we had to completely shut down for two months. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was kind of okay with. It was like a little vacation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I pretty, I was getting pretty burnt out at that point. So I was like, it's good. We'll take a break. I'll get back to drawing, do some art and stuff, and then we'll come back and it'll yep. be great. So when we did finally come back, I had this whole list of clients that I had to reschedule. It was like three months of people. And so that really took some time to do because I was, I couldn't just like get everybody in all at once. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of pace it out a little bit because I was also afraid we were going to be shut down again. Right. I didn't want to and reschedule everybody just to tell them, oh, I can't tattoo you after all because we're shut down again. So that took a while. But then after that was over with and we started being able to like take people in more, it kind of went back to normal besides, you know, having to do the uh, temperature checks and like everybody wearing masks and stuff. Yep. Right now it is pretty much back to normal for me. When I was opening my shop, I feel like I couldn't do some of the things in person that would have made it easier to open the shop. Yeah. Just like getting, getting all the stuff for codes and for Metro and all of that um, was the main thing. Right. Um, the health department, I just go down to the health department and I'm like, I need this, this is this and then pay the money and they give it to me. Right. Um, but this time I had to like do everything over the internet, which I guess maybe made it a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it can for sure. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't too bad opening, opening the shop. That's good. And then, like you said, it's kind of getting back to normal now, especially with the way things have been, uh, I guess, progressing with, you know, boosters and all that coming out, too. But did you notice, like, I know you said, especially like when you had to shut down that burnout was coming on or, you know, gave you a chance to recharge your batteries. Was that the first time in your career as a tattoo artist that you kind of felt the burnout coming on or were you pretty in touch with yourself throughout your career? Yeah, so I feel like, I feel, I think a lot of tattoo artists feel this way, or a lot of artists in general, you get to this point where you are the best you can be at a certain point, and yeah. you kind of plateau, and you're just doing, you're kind of just going through the motions, you're, you're mm-hmm. doing the same thing for a while, um, until you, you hit that next inspiration or something, and it drives you up a little bit further, um, and that's always ongoing, you always like get a little bit better, and you kind of plateau for a little bit, get a little bit better. So I think it is really important to like notice what that you're doing that and to figure out what helps you. What gives you for me, that is, I think, getting tattooed by artists that I really love. Yeah. So I will I'll go get tattooed by other people that I love their work. And nice. that's like really inspirational to me. I love that. And that's all. That's an awesome thing, too. And just because like I know uh, one of the tattoos you did for me, like if nobody knows by now, if my previous guests haven't been a give, uh, dead giveaway, I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan, and you did one of my calves with a Dragon Ball tattoo, and I think you said that was the first one of those you'd ever done. 
That is really like the only one I've ever done. Oh, I'm really? Because sure. <laughs> I'm not really into a whole lot of like Dragon Ball or like a lot of anime. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure, we'll do this. It looks like fun. And, and then I never, I don't think I ever did one again. <laughs> oh, I will be, uh, I will be changing that hopefully in the near future. But <laughs> oh, like yeah. when you, when you get an opportunity to have a first like that, is that one of those like cool moments for you as well? Or is it something that you can kind of like, use to break past that plateau to get to the next step because it's something that's out of I don't want to say comfort zone but you know like out of your element and out of your comfort zone because it's something you haven't done before uh it really depends on what it is I guess gotcha um, I don't know that's a hard question to answer sometimes I'll do things that I don't usually do just to be like to challenge myself see if I still can do it yeah right now doing like color realism so sometimes I'll step out of the box a little bit. And I'll do like some line work or something or some solid color. And just to kind of like practice that and make sure it's still good. Absolutely. I, I get that. And I like that you kind of, I don't want to say go back to the basics, but you go back and rehone the skills and I guess mm -hmm. do a reset right there and then just come back and keep kicking ass at it. But <laughs> yeah, when you, um going back to, I know, like you said, you got the couple months off. I know you do a lot of traveling and a lot of hiking just from seeing, you know, the posts on social media. You get to take your pets with you, which, again, I'm jealous of. But, you know, you also you are really into plants as well. Do you find like all of that is an awesome way to like not only help you refocus when you feel that burnout or you hit that plateau, but it gives you that motivation and that, that moment to take a step back and find passions and other things and then reapply that passion back to the tattoo art yeah I think like traveling definitely helps with that if you if you are like kind of like I said burnt out in your job or you, you feel like you've hit a plateau and you take a little break you go on vacation you go traveling go hiking backpacking why not mm -hmm. I mean I do love that stuff but it, it does help coming back and like being able to refocus and stuff yeah absolutely yeah so going back to the plant thing here, just because like, you know, people will see your, uh, your graphic for the episode here on social media. They'll see it, especially if they're on Spotify and, you know, I can see it in the background, you know, where you're at right now. Like what drew you, uh, into the plant thing? Like, because that's, I never knew like, yeah, I see flowers. I think they're cool. You know, like depending on how they, how they're grown and if somebody takes care of them, but I know nothing about that world. So what pulled you into that? You know, I'd always been into outside gardening when I, when I was growing up my mom had like a lot of plants and a mm -hmm. lot of flowers and stuff so I kind of grew up with it as far as like the outside gardening goes and then it kind of just transferred into my house right right <laughs> you know you run out of room for things and yeah. you just kind of bring inside and then I got into house plants I think probably from like friends or like Instagram posts and stuff I'd see mm -hmm. um now kind of um more into like rare plants sometimes I, I like I like all of them though. Right, right. And just as a dog owner, because I know my dogs are not shy for, you know, like going mm -hmm. towards or trying to eat anything. Do you ever have to be cautious about any of the plants you bring into the house where they might try and just do dog things uh, and eat it? <laughs> the dogs don't really care about the plants. I I do have one cat that will try to eat them. Oh, of course. So I don't know if you notice they're all hanging up. Yes, yes. <laughs> So I, can't reach them. <laughs> I was hoping to see a cat kind of trying to jump in the background, but I hadn't seen that yet. So he's lazy. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds about right too. So there, he's right there with mine then. But that's so <laughs> that's so interesting. I, I like I said I had no idea about that world, but then you know I started seeing all your pictures, and it's like 
you're like in greenhouses or mm-hmm. your backyard with, and it's just like green everywhere. So I had no idea about any of that. It, it's uh, becoming a little obsessive. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, though. I mean, if it's something like that, too, you're giving back to the uh-huh. ozone as far as I'm concerned. So yeah. we're, we're good okay, there. We're- my last, my last question here, uh, just because, you know, I mentioned band earlier and when you're at McGavick, you know, like that was our life for pretty much the entire year or the entire four years we were there, marching band, concert band, like everybody knew band kind of dictated your life basically. But do you still play any music at all or is it kind of like in the past right now? Um, I do play occasionally. I don't play saxophone anymore. I have played piano since I was like 11. Okay. So I have a piano. I play that sometimes when I'm in the mood. I have an ocarina. I don't know if you you know what that is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Speaking of, as weird as it is, I actually saw somebody up in Pigeon Forge this past weekend that was playing an ocarina and it's like, okay, that is awesome. I (laughs) thought, you know, I thought it was somebody with a recording and just mimicking it, but she was actually like getting into it. It was like, that's, Oh man, I thought I could play some music, but I, you're up here, I'm down here. So, <laughs> mad fun. Sk- How did you pick that up? I really love Lord of the Rings. Okay, fair enough. They, they play a lot of that kind of stuff in Lord of the Rings. So I just, um, I was at the Renaissance Fair one year, and they were selling them there, little tiny ones. Yeah, um, and I got those and was like playing with it. And right now I have a little bit of a bigger one. Um, nice. That has a lot more notes. So are you, are you self-taught on that? I'm guessing from having like the saxophone experience, it's easier to pick up on other woodwinds. That is, that is awesome. Like I can't even imagine trying to play one of those, but that is awesome. Yeah. But man, like, I feel like I've covered every base that I had the intention of covering with this interview. Um, before we, uh, flip the roles here a little bit, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug? Cause I'll have links to your tattoo shop and everything. Mm -hmm in the show notes, but is there anything else you want to get out there? Um, I guess just uh, come see me and my crew at my shop. It's called Fate and Fortune Tattoo. It's in Old Hickory, Tennessee. And like um, I said, if you're in the area or you're somewhere close to Tennessee, make the drive because it's well worth it. So, all right. Well, man, now comes the fun part. Um, Again, I've been saying this every episode of season two. We're going to flip the roles a little bit. I've been grilling Kelsey with questions for almost the last 35 minutes now. But now it's her turn to flip the roles a little bit, put the pressure on me. And again, I don't know these questions or what they're going to be beforehand. So this is all off the cuff and all just for fun. So whenever she is ready, I am at her mercy. Okay, so I know that you're a dog lover too. Yes. Um, you How many dogs do you have right now? I have two pit bulls. Awesome. Yeah, I have two pit bulls myself. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so my question is, if you could talk to your dog and ask them anything, what would you ask them? Or what would you talk to them about? If, if everybody follows me on social media, everybody knows that my youngest, uh, Mo, has had like a bunch of health issues recently. Uh, he just tore his ACL. I don't know how that's happened. But like, I guess I would just pick his brain and say, what did you do? Like... Because we still don't have answers for what elevated his calcium levels. We still don't have any answers for how any of this happened other than, you know, he got stung by a yellow jacket. So I just want to know, like, what happened? What did you do? And even with the hurt leg, like, why are you still trying to chase the cats? Just tell (laughs) me, please. (laughs) 
that's just that's the tip that's the tip of the iceberg but i'm sure like we'd have a lot more random conversations too and instead yeah. of just like making little noises at them to see if they make them back but <laughs> that, that's where i'd start yeah oh well okay um let's see i have another question all right so i want to ask what your favorite thing is but it cannot be a person or an animal just a thing an activity anything man um <laughs> I guess, honestly, it would be, since I can't pick people or things, I'm going to say um, performing, whether it's acting, voice acting, or wrestling, now that I've been pulled back into that again. Just yeah. the adrenaline rush I get from that more than anything is, it's fun. And I forgot to include scare acting in that for, you know, haunt season and all that as well. But yeah, just performing and getting those interactions, that's the best part. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, I have one more question. All right. Uh, I think, I feel like everybody collects something. Oh, boy. Yeah, what do you collect specifically? Oh, man, uh, the better question is what don't I collect? Um, let's see. I've downsized multiple times, and I feel like I've still barely made a dent in it, but I have, I did get rid of my Funko Pop collection because that was just getting ungodly and I had no room for it but I still collect uh, a few Marvel things but it's mainly Dragon Ball and Star Wars stuff and I was just able to get replicas made of most of the titles that I held throughout the first half of my wrestling career that local promoters wouldn't sell to me so really I guess wrestling things Star Wars things and Dragon Ball things are the three top things there that's what I figured. <laughs> yep, yeah, you, you know me too well then. <laughs> All uh, right, so you said that was the last one you had? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I feel like I got off easy, but that was a fun one nonetheless. I, and, uh, God. Well, I was going to all these like really intense questions, like uh, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> Where do we go after we die? <laughs> Honestly, I've uh, <laughs> I've done some thinking on that one, and I think the meaning of life is just to find purpose being and be good to other people and helping them find their purpose, finding oh, fulfillment that's... more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Because I've realized here lately too, and it took me 32, 30, almost 33 years to figure out you need to do things that make you feel fulfilled instead of just going through and checking the box because you feel like it's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to work a job. You're supposed to pay bills and take care of your family. But if you're also not feeding your artistic needs or your creative outlets, you're cheating yourself and you're making yourself miserable. So it took me way too long to figure that out. And now I've started prioritizing that as well. And it's been a huge game changer. I'm not as mopey or miserable. You know, I may sacrifice a little more sleep to get these auditions in or get these, you know, commitments for clients in or whatever, but I feel fulfilled and rewarded at the end of it. And, you know, now I'm getting to introduce my oldest son to people that I grew up you know, listening to on TV and in cartoons, and now I'm getting to learn from them, hopefully work with them in the future and make these connections, and he's getting to meet them too, and he knows them. So, like, that's just filling, like, every part of my creative outlet that needs to be filled. So I would say finding fulfillment more than anything is probably the meaning of life because then it blossoms into so much other stuff that makes it a more meaningful life. Definitely. So you get your one, uh, your one deep answer there too. Yeah. But man, like, 
Like I said, I can't believe like I feel like I covered everything that I had the intention of coming in here with because I just want to talk about you taking the chance to bet on yourself and how that has worked out so well for you. So thank you for, you know, coming on and telling your story for that. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. And then hopefully I'll be, you know, able to make an appointment here soon once things uh, aren't as crazy on my end. So we'll definitely make something happen. But and again, just thank you for, you know, coming on, telling the story and just being so generous with your time. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, guys, I told you I was going to have an awesome interview today. So there you go. Make that drive to Middle Tennessee and find Old Hickory, Tennessee on the map and go out and see Kelsey. Get a tattoo. Get, you know, come back and see her for more. She does great work. If you've seen my tattoos on social media, you know the kind of work she does. So I want to thank her again for coming on and being so grateful with her time. This interview flew by because it doesn't feel like we've been talking for 40 minutes. God, I, that's, I love this. So... You know, again, we're going to keep the hits rolling. I'm going to have another awesome guest for you next week. And like I mentioned at the start of the show, guys, if you haven't subscribed to this show yet, I don't care if it's Spotify, Google, Apple, go subscribe. Get caught up in the archives. Tell your friends. Make sure everybody listens. Go like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Spread the word about this show and get caught up on all of our awesome guests in the past and get connected with them to see what they're doing. And again, too, if you want to sponsor your products or services on this show, I'm going to have my email in the show notes so that we can help you out and get your products and services out to a worldwide audience. If you can help us, I definitely want to help you too. I know that sounds bad, but we need this to keep this show afloat, and I want to help everybody out to the best of my ability, so take that in the spirit that it's intended. But guys, for me, for Kelsey, I want to thank you all for tuning in this week, and I can't wait to talk to you all again next week when we have another awesome guest on the show. So do something good in the world, tune in next week, and I can't wait to talk to you. I know you hear me. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his times in the territories with PG-13 to his times in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast formats. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.